0: Every year, um, when, we get to the, when we get to Holy Week, um, every Palm Sunday, we have two Gospels. Um, at the blessing of the palms, we hear about Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, that they're welcoming back the prophet. They take branches and palms and their cloaks, and they lay it before him uh, as a celebration of the coming of the prophet Jesus into Jerusalem. The second gospel we hear every year is one of the passion accounts. We rotate every three years: Matthew, Mark, Luke. Between these three accounts, John we say for Friday. Today, as we every time we celebrate it, every time we read it, um, I cannot help but think about one one uh, memory from when I was a kid, and that is the Saint Hilary Living Way of the Cross. Um, I, I was able to, as a, as a high school student, freshman, sophomore, and junior year, um, I worked my senior year, so I couldn't make it to practices. But freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I remember the living way of the cross. It was su- it was always Friday afternoon. Um, you might have some crawfish smell on your hands, but we would come and we would get together and we would celebrate the way of the cross. My first year, uh, I was Simon. Um, so I was Simon that was pulled out of the crowd. Uh, And help Jesus carry the cross, right? So I'm not gonna lie. Every time I pray the Way of the Cross, when I get to the fifth station, there's something about it that I associate with Simon a little bit better, right? Next two years, um, it wasn't so much about helping Jesus carry the cross, but it was about beating Jesus up. Uh, I played the one of the soldiers the next two years, and even into college when we would do passion plays, I was a soldier. I guess when you're a big when you're a big guy uh, and you have to pick up another human being on a cross, they, they put you to good use. But I remember um, I remember as, when I was a kid going through all these things, one of the things we would do as a, as a group, um, both when I was in high school in St. Hilary, but also in college, I remember uh, we would get together beforehand and um, we would watch the passion together. So we'd watch it, and the Mel Gibson movie that came out in, I think, 2004, Um, it's a very beautiful expression of the story that we just read. There was an interview with Mel Gibson at one time, though, that they said, well, you're an actor, and somebody asked them, said, why didn't you put yourself in the movie? And Mel Gibson's response was, he said, well, I did. They said, really? Like, you're a cameo, you're in a crowd, something like that? He says, no. He says... My hands were the hands that were used to hold the nail and to nail it. I, I worked the. I, I, you could only see my hands. But whenever the hammer's coming down or the nail's being held, anything that's a close up on the crucifixion, it was me. I think the. the and, and the reason why he, he went on to explain was that he said, that's part of my story. My, my sin puts Jesus there. Now, that sounds like a, 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 a good old Catholic nun from like maybe like the f- 50s and 60s. Um, your sin puts him there. But I think for all of us, it's a good space for us to kind of reflect as we read this story, as we dive in again into the passion of our Lord, as we begin this Holy Week, that we are part of this story uh, one of the things that, that always happens whenever we get together and we read this in, in Mass on Sundays, on, this, on the Pal- Palm Sunday, um, we have the different parts that the people pray, right? Usually the priest will say Jesus' parts, and the deacon or someone else will be the narrator, and someone else will be a speaker of sorts, but we always have these different parts, and there's always a few spots where the people all respond together. One of the hardest spots is crucifying. I think it's something for us, not, not for Catholic guilt's sake or anything like that, I think it's something for us, though, as we approach this week, to recognize that our sin, our shortcomings, do are, are, are what Jesus took on himself when he died on the cross. But that story is not a story of guilt. That story is not a story of burden. That story is a story of hope. That Jesus, that God, saw it so fit to love us in a way that his son could take on our sin, put it to death, and rise beyond it. In fact, in today's gospel, the reason why I read the longer version was because there are two people that we have to see that sin in in a pretty great way in this gospel. Those two are two of the twelve: Judas and Peter. One is notorious throughout history. To be called a Judas is one of the is one of the worst things you could possibly imagine. Peter, the Prince of the Apostles, the leader, the 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 heir apparent, like right, the first pope, all these things. Um, Peter seems like he would be. The greatest of the great apostles. But one thing that I love about Peter is that he has this tendency, when he does something good, to put his foot directly in his mouth. And I think he and I get along because of that. Judas and Peter both mess up in a grand way. Judas finds finds that he does this, and there's a guilt that builds up. Right? He, he betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And there's a guilt that builds up to the point that he throws the money back at, back at the chief priest. Peter talks a big game. I would never, ever, ever deny you, Lord. I would never do something like that. And Jesus calls a shot. You're going to do it three times before, before the sun comes up. And he does. What's the difference between Peter and Judas? Judas tries to pay it back. Judas tries to settle the account on the earthly level, and that's it. Peter, later on, after after the resurrection, will come to reconcile directly to God. Jesus, the same way he denied him three times, Jesus is going to ask him three times, do you love me? And Peter is going to say, yes, Lord, I love you. He reconciles directly to God. Judas tries to settle it and throw it aside. But the guilt, the guilt eats him up. One is lifted to being the leader of the apostles, the leader of the young church. Is given the Spirit, given the Holy Spirit, and able to go out and to do magnificent, magnificent things. The other, well, we know how the story ends: self-demise. Today, for us, we all fall short. We all have a role to play. We all have a, a, a nail that we put. We all have some sin, some lash on his back, something that we have done in our life. That, that has been a sin that Jesus took on. Every one of us falls short. Every one of us is imperfect. And the Lord loves us the same regardless. The question I have for us, and I think the question for us as we enter into this Holy Week season, to this peak season of our Catholic existence, where do you go with the shame? Where do you go with your sin? Do we just try and settle it and apologize really quickly and throw it aside and no harm, no foul, and run past it? Or do we bring it to the Lord? Do we bring it directly to God? Peter seeks that reconciliation. Judas doesn't. All of us today, uh, as sinners, look to God and and mourn at, at the... At the images and the scene before us in this gospel, but does that compel us to turn in, and to res- remove ourselves from God, or does that compel us to Him, to seek His reconciliation? The first gospel that we read outside before Mass, as we were blessing the palms, was the su- was the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and the people cheer, the people cry out, Hosanna in the highest. The word Hosanna means save us. The people literally calling out to Jesus, save us, save us. These are the same people that five days later would cry out, crucify him, crucify him. The thing is, is that those two words, those two things that they said, actually were pointing to the same action. Save us and crucify him. Jesus dies on the cross to save us. Today, as we come, we cry out to God. When we come to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we cry out to God, seeking His forgiveness, seeking His mercy, seeking to be made whole and made true again. That Good Friday is not the end of the story. That our sin is not the end of the story. That at the end of every confession, when we walk out of the confessional, it's like an empty tomb. All of the death laid behind, and a new life made present today we come to receive our lord the graces of our lord in this sacrament we come to enter into this holy week season we come seeking god's mercy may we be bold like peter to seek our mercy from god first may we be reverent as we approach this as we approach this season as we approach this story and recognize that this is my story, a personal story, and not a story of guilt, not a story of hurt, not a story of, of, not a negative story, but it's a story of hope, of resurrection, and of new life. May we, my brothers and sisters, embrace God's mercy, receive that new life, and be ready to rise with him a week from today. Amen.